0: in the NFL, you're a modern-day gladiator. Football
1: is more violent than any other sport.
0: It's the dream. My favorites when the team is coming together, gets me every single time.
1: We strive for the interaction on the fan forum.
0: An absolute freak, one of my favorite football players of all time. I'm not opposed to Detroit trading down. Does it get any better than Al Pacino's game of the inches?
1: Welcome back to the Detroit Lions Fan Forum Podcast. All right. Welcome back to, uh, our recap of week eight, our tough loss, you even can call it a loss, more of a blowout or, a, a bloodletting. I don't know against Philadelphia. This was the one guys, this was potentially the one that we should have gotten. Um, we've had a lot of tough losses this year, but I think it's safe to say that this one was the toughest. Um, I don't know how much we're going to have to say about this week. I mean, we all watched it. We all saw the aftermath, uh, Dan Campbell was a little fired up after the game, as as he should be, um, but let's just get right into it. Let's uh, let's start. I'm here tonight with Ronnie, and Bob is back with us. He's feeling better. He's got some time, so let's get right into it. Um, Ronnie, I mean, what, what can you really say about this?
0: Yeah, I have really nothing to say. I have nothing good to say, that is. Uh, this is, without a doubt, the worst loss this season. This is by far Worse than that debacle in Green Bay in that second half. This game for the Lions never really got going whatsoever. This was a complete failure on all facets of the game. They looked like they were just not ready for this game. And, of course, it's the the week where... I kind of bring up last week where I'm like, well, I think this is going to be our win. (laughs) I wasn't saying a lot of nice things about Philadelphia, and I wasn't saying a lot of things, nice things about Jalen Hurts, even though, I don't know, I didn't think he played all that well, but uh, we just played that shitty, plain and simple. This wasn't, you know, just all because of Jared Goff. Like I said, this was a complete failure on all facets of the game, and this is something that as Lions fans, we... We're all worried about in a way, you know, we've seen this before in past regimes where you play well one week on the road against a team that you maybe shouldn't play well against. And then on a team that you should be playing well against, or maybe when at home on a big day for one of the, for one of your best former players of all time and Chris Spielman being honored and you get spanked. It's, it's, it's an embarrassment. It's pretty embarrassing in my, in, in my mind. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think there was nothing, nothing good. Nothing good came of this game at all. And that's pretty much all I got to say about this Lions game. It was just complete failure.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't really have anything to say. It's just, it's almost like they're getting worse every week. I mean, the only bright spot that I saw was it was good to actually see some of our younger players play and Jefferson play this week and he got a touchdown that but it meant nothing at the end of the game but it was good to see him get a little more working but man you come in thinking we might actually get a win for once in my opinion this is the worst team we've played so far this season and we just get spanked and you know how I am I you know I got to sit down and watch the game I don't like to miss a snap and this is the first time where at halftime I said I had enough of this let's go you know, I left the house. I didn't even watch the second half. I listened to some of it on the radio, but it wasn't even worth my time this week. It's, it's like, it gets so frustrating. I, you know, I don't really know what to say anymore. It's just every week, it seems like they're just getting worse.
1: Yeah, yeah, we all we all kind of talked before this. That this might be a tough episode to uh, to have fun with. I mean, we're here because we said we would recap. Um Sol right Sol right when we when we think that this might propel us forward might give us a little momentum like Ronnie said we were all or Ronnie and I were very kind of optimistic and looking forward to this game thinking it could turn something around show us something spark something and it just didn't um, I have to continually walk back how I evaluated Jared Goff uh, after the San Francisco game um, I believe, I can quote myself in saying that that the second half reminded us that Jared Goff can play football, and I think throughout the first three, four, five, I don't know, six games, it, it, there was sparks, there was glimmers, there was glimpses that that he might be able to provide some some quality leadership, at least, and he can't. I mean, Ronnie said he doesn't want to blame Jared Goff, but and granted, it's not all on Jared Goff. I'm seeing headlines, you know, should Dan Campbell fire Anthony Lynn? Should should there be a staff shakeup already? But we can't dismiss the fact that Goff threw the ball away again on fourth down. He's lost, guys. He doesn't look like a professional quarterback. He might not have a job in the NFL after this year. No one started the season thinking that Jared Goff was our franchise quarterback, but this is worse than, than most quarterback play that we've seen here in
0: years. Yeah, you're, you're right, Hitch. I guess for me, <clears throat> when I, I I would say this week, I don't want to only blame Jared Goff because most weeks I feel like I have been blaming Jared Goff for a lot of it. This week was just really disappointing for me because I didn't expect much of Jared Goff. And again, he proved that he is really not worth a damn right now, okay? But it was just really disappointing for me because seeing how hard this defense has played, you know, for most weeks and for most games and they just come out and they just lay an egg. You know, this is our only hope really going in week after week after week is our defense can just play well enough to get us maybe through a game and have maybe catch a lucky break on special teams, maybe catch a lucky break on offense and just hope we can get up by a few points. But that's what I was getting at. Like, don't, I, I agree. Jared Goff did not play well. He, he was, he was terrible again. Uh, Again, throwing it away on fourth down, as we've alluded to many times already this year. Um, But, yeah, I'm just really disappointed in the defense this week. I just don't understand how you can – again, I'll say it again. I don't understand how you can come home and play so poorly, especially when you're honoring the greatest defensive player in Lions history. It's just – it's a joke, complete joke. How aren't these guys pumped for for that player – in particular who's the vice president of football, who's in the who's in the clubhouse with them, who's been through camp with them, who's been through the start with them. Like it just makes I don't know, man. It just doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Yeah, I just want to add too, don't forget Hitch, you actually texted me again um another fourth down without a running back in the backfield.
1: Yeah, and we, we keep saying it, and and this is obviously a guy, Dan Campbell, that likes to go for it on fourth down, pedal to the metal. Uh, I know at a certain point in that game you got nothing to lose, but at least at least make the defense gas, keep them on their toes, right? And and when he empties out that backfield continually on fourth down, they're not doing anything with motion, they're not doing any faking of a of a reverse and around anything like that. It's just to go back to earlier this Anthony Lynn offense that was supposed to be so run heavy and so smash mouth and and somewhat creative. And I understand they can't stretch the field with this. um, Potentially they can't stretch with an outside receiver, but you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to do something. You gotta be able to shift somebody around and, and keep the defense on their toes. And I just, it's, it's just basic football. How can a guy like Anthony Lynn, you know, have a couple of real high profile jobs before coming here and just lack complete and total creativity with, with what we got going on now and, or the lack of what we got going on now, now is the time we said before, you can't continually do these fake field goals or fake punts like they did against the Rams. They probably exhausted that as an option for a while, but why aren't you letting Swift come, you know, in motion and take a ball on an under around? Why aren't you giving it to Khalif Cause he's fast as fuck, you know, make something happen trick them try to be creative and Anthony Lynn just so far can't do it so i mean let's just the offense was abysmal is there anything that we want to talk about with the defense
0: not for me and you know me i usually have a lot to say about it and it, it, i don't it's just a waste waste of a game for me yeah yeah i mean the from the top down right from
1: the few veterans that we have to the the young guys that we look forward to watching—it it, just—it was just god awful. So, I mean, again, I, I guess uh, from a special team standpoint, I'm, I'm our special teams guru, right? Um, we had a we had a nice punt, <laughs> really. I mean, in the first three quarters, the the biggest highlight was a real nice punt again by uh, Jack Fox, and that's that's truly to the point where that that might be the only. uh positive thing that I could say about the first three quarters Bob said it it was nice to see Jefferson but it would be nice to see him in a meaningful role we we've spent the last seven weeks kind of praising Tracy Walker he's getting some some notice for really emerging as the leader of this defense maybe a year or two later than we would have liked to see Um, but he was just uh, you can't say that anybody had a good game right I mean it was just pathetic
0: Yeah, I guess, I mean, if there's any positive, again, I think Bob said it, you get to see some of these younger guys and, you know, Derek Barnes, I think did lead the team in tackles. So if you want to take a positive with that, you can take a positive with that and Hitch, you also kind of alluded to something about Tracy Walker. Um, Obviously we've been talking about him week after week as one of the better defensive players in the field now, pretty much all season. And he's also, as you said, he's really stepping up to be a leader. And he did have a pretty important quote after the game. I don't know if this is word for word, but he pretty much just said, we got to get this right quick because if we don't, we're going to be 0-17. And I think that's 100% true right now after this loss, after the way you lost to a 2-5 and five team. And that came
1: up on the fan forum this week. One of our, one of our buddies um, posted that quote, and somebody else said, this is just football speak, this is generic crap, this means nothing, but – as you just said, to my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first time that somebody from within the organization on any level said the words oh and 17 out loud. So after a loss like that, this is real. This is real, guys. This isn't uh this isn't ESPN poking fun at the Lions. This isn't, you know, the the memes that go around about how bad we are. This is real. This is a real possibility that we will go um 0 and 18. You know we're elevating ourselves above the the that terrible benchmark of of 0 and 16 because now they've added a game. And I'll correct myself. We we have the chance of going 0 and 17. So we can um, we can take losing to the next level here, guys. We got a whole nother game that we can that we can blow.
0: Well, how, how do you guys feel about this? Do you guys think that this is the perfect time for a bye week, or do you think this is the exact wrong time for a bye week? Because you know these guys are going to be itching to kind of try to right the ship here but I mean I don't know how do you guys feel about that
1: go ahead and take that one Bob and then I got something I want to say
2: about it I think at this point it doesn't even matter I think if bye week or not in most cases if week was good because your team can get a rest regenerate you know get ready for a couple of weeks off take a little vacation and in this case I don't think it even matters it's almost like half the team players quit already, you know. So I don't think the bye week in this case is going to do anything for us. But, you know, with what you were talking about before, we do have one thing to look forward. You know, the Lions could at least, you know, break some record this year and be the first team to go 0-17. You know, that'll be a good thing. Maybe we can get that on the books. That's something and we can it, look forward to, I guess. 0-17, yeah, and first overall pick.
0: In their very first season capable of going 0-17, they're going to do it. Yep, it's
1: real. It's real. What, what I want to say in response to you, Ronnie yeah. is that at this point, I don't think it matters. I mean, they got spanked and they got spanked worse than, than they've, than they've lost in a long time, but you, you would think that that might ignite something and you see it coming out with what Tracy Walker said, but, and I know you want to talk about this. So here's your opportunity. Um, right after this game, they're out there, uh, doing their Jersey swap and hugging on Darius Slay and, and, you know, talking to their family and the crowd that to me, it didn't seem like a team that was eager to get out there and, and prove something. It didn't seem like they were as bothered by this, at least not most of them is bothered by this as we were, you know, and I had made the point to Ronnie uh, last week or after, I should say right after this game that, it's hard for these guys to to have that competitive edge. You know, nobody likes losing. Michael Strahan said it after the game on on Fox. Nobody likes losing. He doesn't like losing. Jimmy Johnson said, yes, losing is terrible. They should be mad. But there's nobody on this team that knows what it feels like to win. You know, you look at these free agents that come in, Brockers, I guess, has has experienced some success in the league. Um, I don't know what Anzalone was around for in New Orleans, but off the top of my head, like, there's no one on this team that that knows how sweet it is to win. And when they're when they're running around, signing jerseys and swapping cleats and doing all that dumb shit, you know, right after this monumental embarrassment, it uh, it's just a joke, right?
0: Yeah, hit you're exactly right. And I also believe um, Dan Campbell kind of alluded to kind of what you were saying too in the press conference. Again, I don't have the direct quote in front of me, but I think it was in regards to him waiting on his players to come back into the locker room because they were too busy uh, trading jerseys with the opposite team after getting their asses whooped. And I and I agree with Dan Campbell on being a little upset and getting pissed off at his own players for doing that. I guess I'm kind of of an old-school mindset myself when it comes to football. I think – you know, I think Matt Patricia actually did something along these lines a couple of years ago in regards to Darius Slay. I won't I won't quote what he said about Darius Slay, but um, I, I do. The one thing if I agreed with Matt Patricia on something was that where he did not like his guys trading jerseys um, after a Monday night game when you lost in the final seconds. Now your guy, you have your guys trading jerseys when you're getting your ass whooped up, you know, up and down the field all day long. And I agree with that. I just don't see. I, I don't see a need for it, man. And, you know, I don't know, maybe these, these guys are different nowadays, these younger guys in the NFL. I mean, they're making a lot of money now. Maybe some of them, it doesn't mean as much to them as others. I, I don't know. But, and also I think, you know, in, in different sports and Bob, I know Bob's a, a big hockey guy. He, maybe he can touch on it a little bit, but I know in the NHL playoffs they line up and they shake hands after some of the, the dirtiest games of all time. But then you also have Dino Ciccarelli having a great quote for the Red Wings going, I can't believe I shook that guy's freaking hand, you know, but they still do it. So there's, there's multiple ways to look at it. But for me, I just don't like it, especially after that type of game, there's a time and place to do it, you know, do it in the locker room off camera do it outside in the parking lot when the team's getting on their team bus or team plane or do something. I know a lot of these guys knew each other growing up or they knew each other in college or they have friends of friends or whatever the fuck it is. But, Yeah, I I just, I don't like seeing that, especially, you know, as a fan, you have a lot of fans paying their, paying a lot of money to go watch these guys play and these fans are invested into it. And then they're seeing these guys hugging it out and shaking hands when you got fans fighting each other in the stands with opposing jerseys on. But I don't know, I'm not saying the fans need to fight or anything like that, but I'm just saying, I just, I just don't like seeing that, especially after a bad loss.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you just kind of recapped everything that, that we've been talking about that, that that it just seems like these kids don't care potentially as much as the fan base does and, and obviously as much as Dan Campbell does. And to be completely honest, I was so lions out after this game that I did not stick around to watch the Dan Campbell press conference. Um which normally I do because they've been so wildly entertaining. You know, it's kind of like a little roller coaster ride after each game. Um uh, what I have been able to garner just from reading some headlines and looking into it a little bit is that he's getting a little heat now um, for kind of hanging out too long, right? You just got whooped, you got spanked and you spend 24 or 26 minutes talking to the press and you're acting like these are your buddies and you're, you're breaking down the game, having a couple of beers, you know, like you got to get back to the locker room too. be critical of that, of that uh, Jersey swap. And, and certainly mention that you're not happy that you got to wait for your players to come back to the locker room, but then don't spend 24 minutes talking to the media about getting spanked. I appreciate the transparency, but get back in there and start working, start planning.
0: Yeah, you're, you're right, Hitch. You know, we've we've seen Dan Campbell cry, but we haven't really seen him really pissed off yet. <laughs> okay, we've heard him call some players out here and there, but maybe it's time to really you know drop a couple left bombs or something like that during a press conference punch a table knock the mic over do something just so show some show, show somebody that you're frustrated all right if you show one emotion let's see something else maybe that's what it's going to take to get these guys fired up cuz i don't i don't know what else it, i don't know what else it's going to take you know
1: ronnie you're right i i work in a field where sometimes you have to make a a decision even if you're not as mad as you might be coming across you have to decide to make a statement. Sometimes you gotta drop an F-bomb and flip a table, and it's worked for me in my career, and we've seen it um, you know, across the board, across the NFL over the years. You know, Speak to these young kids. Speak to these kids that, that haven't been in the NFL forever. Speak to these kids that this might be the first time that they've gotten whooped like this. Go out there, if you're gonna spend 24 minutes, you might as well make a highlight reel. Get some sound bites out of it and go fucking crazy, right? 24 minutes of just kind of answering every goddamn question in the room. And again, just chatting with these guys like they're your buddies or like they're your assistant coaches isn't doing us any good, man. We're we're beyond that. Again, nice change of pace, good insight, appreciate the transparency. But goddamn it, get back in the locker room and start planning. You got a bye week where you're going to have to abuse these guys and, and, and make them realize, uh, You know, what just happened? This isn't a bye week where you send your veterans home to rest. This isn't a bye week where the linemen are, uh, or where golf is buying stakes for the linemen. This is a bye week where they should be abused. And I just don't know if that's going to happen.
0: Yeah. You know, just back to about the jersey stuff, I, you know, maybe next time we have Curtis on, you know, Curtis is a younger guy, played in the NFL, obviously, played against a lot of former players in the NFL and teammates probably growing up, I would assume. But maybe that's a good question we should ask him, or maybe I'll text him in my own time and see what his thoughts are, just to kind of see where where the mindset is of a young player in today's NFL, to see if if that's something that he did or if he would do after such an ass whooping or a close game, just kind of get some of that inside scoop, if you will.
1: I would be very interested to hear that. And um, yeah, let us know. And if he wants to come back on now might be the time we're coming into a bye week. We're, we're not going to have much to talk about. So let's, uh, Let's see what he's up to. And again, like you said, these guys know each other. They train in the offseason. They've gone to college together. I don't care if they want to swap jerseys, but don't just be running around chest bumping your boys and, and pulling a Sharpie out of your socks after getting blown out, right? Get the smile off your face. Save it when the cameras aren't on. And make us think at least that you're going back in and getting to work. You know, So good teams, right? At least in my opinion, good teams make halftime adjustments. Ronnie's smiling because he knows what I'm going to say. We saw a couple of Michigan teams, and we saw a team that plays uh, not too far from Detroit make some halftime adjustments. We uh, we saw an instant classic. We got to go there. We have to go there because this was an instant classic. I watched this game with my wife (laughs) and my grandma, and my grandmother had such a good time watching this game. Uh, she said to me when it was over, and obviously everybody, I'm talking about Michigan, Michigan State, but when it was over, even the, my 80-year-old grandmother said, I can't wait to rewatch this game. And regardless of if you're happy about the outcome or not, we saw an instant classic in East Lansing. So I, let's let Ronnie um, talk about this for a minute here because Ronnie is uh, finally on the losing end of a stake bet.
0: Yeah, it was it was a bad weekend for myself, just because of what I was saying last week on the podcast, obviously I, I talked highly of the, the lions coming in and they got whooped. And then to start the weekend off on Saturday, I talked a lot about the Michigan, Michigan state game last week, and I kind of broke it down the way that I thought things were going to go. And I pretty much said it was going to be Michigan winning in a close one. Obviously they lost in a close one, but I will say for all the betters out there that listen to me. I did say the bet to make was Michigan State plus four. So if you listen to me on that, you, you made some money. So you can thank me later. And I also said, do not bet on the Lions because you never bet on the Lions. So even though I thought they were going to win, I still didn't bet on that game. So I will say I did bet on the uh, Michigan State plus four. I'll take that. The money that I won, I will have more than enough to buy you a state hitch because we did bet the game straight up. But I will say also, you know, I, I thought my prediction, and Bob, you can you can touch on this as well. I think you'll probably agree with me. I thought that my prediction was going pretty well for about, you know, two and a half quarters. It was what 13 to four or 30 to 14. They were up by 16. The defense was acting like the defense I thought that they were. They made it a tough day on Peyton Thorne, two early picks early on. Now, the one questionable call in the game, there was a lot of questionable calls, but the one that I think that really mattered was the strip sack uh, fumble in the end zone that should have been a touchdown. Uh, obviously, that got called back. I still don't know how that was not, uh, called back, but it is what it is. I don't know if it would have changed the outcome of the game, but bottom line is this. Hit your right. The, team made, the right team made the second-half adjustments, and the defense that I thought was real totally fell apart they were only real for about two and a half quarters and then they got beat up by probably the Heisman winner going forward there was many times in that game where Kenneth Walker was bottled up and someone on that Michigan defense has to make a play and maybe they all thought well he's in the scrum someone will get him but no you don't handle special players like that and Kenneth Walker proved he's a special player, and he broke it out on several occasions, five touchdowns. Like I said, I don't know how he's not a Heisman winner right now, but this kid's something. He will be the first running back taken in the NFL draft. Um, but wow, man, just what a game, what a meltdown. I'm still kind of in awe about it, but that was a, definitely an instant classic.
1: Bob, what was your takeaway from uh, from Saturday? Uh, do, I have, do
2: I have to talk about it? I'm still let, better
1: about it. Now, not, not to interrupt you here, but think, let, maybe you can address this for me because this is something I don't understand as a college football fan. Your team got beat, and – they got beat by what Ronnie just said was, was the clear front runner for the Heisman and maybe the best running back in all of college football. And that's what I don't understand about these rivalry weeks is, you know, I'm a state guy, but if, if state got bested by a better team, I I don't think I would be as annoyed as most people. So what's your, what's your thoughts on that? That's
2: that's college football though. College football is a different kind of uh, monster. You can't, let me let me put it this way. If if someone tries to say that they're a state fan and a Michigan fan, that's just wrong to me. It's not possible. You have to one like it, you have to like one or the other. Like you can't say, oh, I like Michigan State on certain days, but I'm a Michigan fan. That's that's not allowed. It's not possible. You know, you're diehard to your team. When your team loses, you're devastated. And in this game, I looked at it differently. I mean, Walker's unbelievable. Five touchdowns, what he did is amazing, but In this game, to me, Michigan lost this game. Michigan State didn't win this game. Michigan lost this game. Um, Marching down into the red zone and and field goals, you know. They couldn't put it in. Then two crucial fumbles when you get a turnover and you can put more points on the board and you fumble. And then it was just, it was all around. Listen, I I was was so happy for the first half. I said, wow, they're finally going to do this. They're finally going to beat them. They should have been up by 30 or 40 points on them. Like, this is going to happen. And then slowly as the game went on, it was like, oh, no, not again. Here it comes. You know, it's coming. Here it comes. And then it happens. And and I also lost a bet on this game. I took Michigan uh, minus four. But. I got my money back because there was a touchdown bonus where you got money back for every touchdown scored in the game. And there were so many touchdowns that I actually got my money back from my bet. So, but man, it was heartbreaking. It was, I'm still bitter and upset about it. And it's been what, four days already. I will say like, I just, you know, the trash talking gets to me. I try to keep it quiet. Even though I'm a Michigan fan, I respect my friends at Lake state like, like John who comes on the show. He's a diehard Michigan state fan and we can talk about the game the teams together respectfully so he's one of the more respectful michigan state fans but there's so many people out there that talk trash you know and then today i don't know if you saw today you know the playoff came out and michigan state's in it right now so then you got to hear all about that and i mean i guess they deserve to be there because they're undefeated but i'll tell them like michigan state fans don't want to admit this but they're there because of who they play coming forward. So they deserve to be there now, but the committee knows they're probably not gonna be there at the end of the year. They're there because they got some big games coming up and it's gonna play itself out. And at the end of the year, they're not gonna be there. There's no way they're gonna be there. But, but for one day and one week right now, we got to hear all about it again and get text messages and my Facebook blowing up about Michigan State and how bad Michigan is and all this stuff. But I guess for one week, you don't go out there, have fun and be happy about it. But when in a couple weeks from now, it's not going to be the same picture.
0: Bob, uh, you, you made a couple comments about so about some of the plays, and I, I agree with you. I think that game was pretty much made up of a couple plays, right? And that's usually how all football games are, or good football games are. And to me, those couple plays where it was the big drop by Corum in the first half, I'm not saying Corum would have had a touchdown, but it would have been a big game. They would have got points, okay? Obviously, there was the – the the strip the strip sack for a touchdown that was reversed that again I don't think it should have been reversed I don't think it changes the outcome of the game but you never know and then also there was the um, the fumble obviously the big fumble by McCarthy uh, you know obviously uh, it came out afterwards that Cade was was in the medical tent and that's why McCarthy was in there so that fumble very unfortunate for that kid and then there was those two fourth and shorts that Michigan State went for. It was, I think one was fourth and four, the other was fourth and one and they got like a 30 and 40 yard plays off those. You just, you just can't, you just can't have that happen on fourth down. You just can't, you gotta at least stop one of those. And if you're a quality defense, which I thought Michigan had, and they showed it for about two and a half quarters they were going to make those plays and they just couldn't do it. Aiden Hutchinson, Ojabo, I said they were going to have big gate, big days and they did. They had they played pretty well. Unfortunately, they just didn't have big enough days. And I also agree with you Bob that with uh, Michigan State being a, a number 3 right now, I was surprised to see that they were in the top the top 4. But I think you're 100% right. They're doing this. They know who they got to play against. They know that The big, big, big daddy is still coming in Ohio State. You know, they know that they still own this conference, but that's why you play the games, right? That's why you play the games and you got to let it play through. I will say, though, not only is Michigan State fortunate for being in the top four, Michigan, I think, in my mind, is very fortunate to still be listed at seven. They only moved down one spot. I was shocked to see that. I know they lost against a very good football team, but in a, way, in a weird way, there is still a chance for a playoff berth if they went out. Obviously, they need some help on, from, from uh, some other teams, but I was just I was surprised to see that as well. So I guess it kind of goes both ways for me.
2: Yeah, and that Michigan ranking is the same situation that states them. They put them at six knowing who they have to play. You know, you, got, you still got Penn State in there, Ohio State, Iowa, all these teams have to play each other. So they do it knowing that it's going to work itself out because if somehow Michigan somehow does beat Ohio State, they're going to be around that 6 they they're going to move up. State's at three. If they lose, obviously they're going to drop out and Ohio State will move up. That's why Ohio State's kind of in there too, even though if they have one loss. Same with Alabama. They have one loss, but, you know, they're, they're so elite that you still got to keep them in the mix in case they go, you know, undefeated for the rest of the season. So it always
0: works itself out. I also one last thing I did just cause I got to toot my own horn cause I was wrong so much this past weekend. I have to do say, I did call out Xavier Henderson, who had a good game. And I did say Cal Halliday was a stud at, at uh, Michigan state. And he had a lot of big plays in that game that I thought went unnoticed. He made, he helped kind of stop the overall run game. I know Michigan passed the ball very well, surprisingly, which was very weird to me, but I, uh, I thought those two guys, I did mention them and, and they played very well. So I got to give a, uh, I got to give shout outs there.
1: I saw a mock draft today uh, that had the Lions taking Henderson and it was an older mock. I think it had us taking Henderson at like five or six. So we all obviously know that's probably not going to be the case, but you always love to see anybody from Michigan, Michigan state central, you know, being that highly sought after that, that regarded nationally to be, placed in the top five of the draft that'll make it fun you know coming up to draft time and down the stretch here um we we've, we flirt with draft every week and we don't want to get too much into it because we are going to spend so much time on it later um but again i'm not seeing any quarterbacks making a push i'm not really seeing how this is going to play out with us landing uh an impactful signal caller in the first round of this draft um you guys got anything you want to say about draft ranking or anything like that before we kind of draw to a close?
0: We're gonna be the number one overall pick. The number one <laughs> overall pick without a
1: franchise QB. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes,
0: yes. And well, I mean, well, obviously yeah. there's oh sorry, but I was just gonna say obviously there's a few players out there, but um, and we I mean, obviously there's the the kid Thibodeau, I believe from Oregon, who's uh who looks like he's gonna be Potentially number one player, but or number one overall pick, but um, obviously there's there's still a lot of big games left to be played, so we'll see how it all shakes out.
2: Yeah, I was, you know, it's weird. I was actually looking at a mock draft that came out yesterday, and it's it didn't even have the Lions at number one, which surprised the hell out of me. Who did it? Had them Houston? all the way. Houston. No, the Jets. I had the Lions at four. Wow, which really surprised me. It yeah, had the Jets. Uh, Jaguars, Houston, and then the Lions, and I had the Lions taken. I think it was Hutchinson from Michigan.
1: And what do we got to do to get there? Probably four wins at this point, and I just don't see that happening.
2: You know, right? I don't either. I mean, I would love to have up too. Oh
1: He's yeah, for sure, for sure. He's emerging early as the first overall first defenseman off the board for sure.
0: I I do have something to say though. So, well, since I lost the bet with you Hitch, this past weekend, I still haven't collected my preseason stake bet. And also you have a Trinity Benson bet that's still alive and doing very, very poorly. So how, how is this going to shake out?
1: Well, I think what I would like to point out, because I knew that this was going to come up. So I, I'm prepared to answer this question. The bet that we made on Michigan, Michigan state specifically should not be referred to as a steak, bet. it should be referred to as a Mr. Paul's bet. So Ronnie and I will be enjoying a nice little candlelight dinner, uh, at Mr. Paul's. I'm looking forward to a couple of fashions, maybe some of that table side Caesar salad, get a little calamari, uh, maybe some prime rib, uh, maybe a, a little Uber ride home. And Ronnie, it's the first date I never put out on the first date, but, uh, this was the mr pauls bet i will gladly buy you some steaks and grill them in your backyard and hang out with your family and drink a bunch of rocks but this this was the mr pauls bet
0: oh how did i forget yeah, but very at,
1: very conveniently
0: but that i am a man of my word and i and i will uh, <laughs> i will fulfill the bet and like i said i hit on the i hit on the plus 4 so i'm down <laughs> well and, and Wait, no, i was oh go ahead bob
2: You know what, too? I was looking at this. So we could literally – we could go to Mr. Paul's. And basically, Bone, you're just eating for free, right? Or do you owe Hitch a stake?
0: Well, I – Hitch and I bet just straight up on the game. Michigan, Michigan State. I had Michigan. He had MSU. And we just said whoever loses has to take the other person to Mr. Paul's. Right. So
2: I owe both of you a stake, but now Hitch owes both of us a stake for the Benson bet, right? So technically – The only one getting food here is you, I think. (laughs) I don't think we're going to be. I don't think on a double date and paying for his entire meal.
1: I don't think even the best steaks from uh, the Kroger deli is comparable to Mister Paul's. So I stay. I stand by. I stand by the bet was Mister Paul's. I'm taking full advantage of it. But I also hit on a square this last weekend. I hit for four hundred and fifty. So maybe I'll buy you a drink or two, Ronnie.
2: Oh, we're going there. Well, if we're going there, I hit for sixteen hundred
0: this week on the slots. So, oh, weekend, well, then Bob's so.
1: Bob's buying for everybody then. Yeah, I do like
0: I do like that. That's nice. I like it. I like it. Well, All let's right. do it.
1: Let's do it. We'll make plans off the air to have our nice little uh, our nice little trifecta date here. Um, but but let's let's just look forward to having a week off. Let's watch the NFL as it was intended as a competitive game. Um, let's, let's worry about our fantasy teams and take a breather not have to worry about the lions. Um, I think I'll just end this by reminding everybody that earlier in the year, we teased, um, an interview that we were fortunate enough to land with a very special guest. Her name is Ellen Trudell. She is the off field PR person. So she works with what they refer to as the lions Legends. So I'm sure she had a hand in what happened, um, at Ford Field with Chris Spielman in the ring of honor or the the pride of the lions. I think they call it. Uh, she was actually featured last week. Um, I should say two weeks ago in a snippet before the game as a high powered woman in football, part of a series that the NFL and the Detroit lions are doing to feature some, some very successful, uh, women or female personnel, uh, it was a great honor to have her. It was an interview that I was able to do just one-on-one with her. Uh, we've been holding it back because we didn't want it to get buried. It was, it was a very uh, special opportunity and we want to give it the attention that it was due. So I'm pretty sure that during the bye week here when we can all just kind of take a week off, if you will, we're going to get that Ellen Trudell interview out to you guys uh, Tuesday of next week, some point. And really, we would love for you guys to listen to this one, because not only is she such a cool lady, and not only was she so nice to grant that time, and not only did she give us such a nice interview, but guys, we're into like, I think this is episode 14 or 15, if you count all the offseason and draft stuff, um, only only eight episodes into the regular season, and it was just unbelievable the way that it fell together and came together together um the work that we had to put in the work that that went in behind the scenes to get somebody from the Detroit Lions organization to give us some time and less than 20 episodes in i think that that is a huge accomplishment a lot of faith um shown to us for the for the quality content that we're putting out that she's that she was willing to sit down with us and give us some of her limited free time so we're going to get that out to you guys i don't think that we'll hop on i think we're just going to throw that out there so you won't hear uh uh, a breakdown or a recap of anything until uh, after the buy. So enjoy that episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, the last episode that Ronnie and I did together um, was one of our better episodes as far as listenership and downloads, um, and and it got shared a lot. I don't know what struck a nerve with everybody this this week as opposed to others, but I think it got shared just via fan forum like fourteen or fifteen times. Just to remind everybody, uh, we're available everywhere podcasts are posted. Um, we have multiple ways that you can reach out to um, give us feedback or make suggestions. I want to thank um, the Fan Forum again. I want to thank the Fan Forum Fantasy Football League, which is still going strong. So, again, everybody just take a collective breather. To quote our nemesis, Aaron Rodgers, let's just relax and chill during this bye week, and we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. So, ronnie bob thank you for your time and uh let's get back to it after the bye see you guys i think we're gonna call it a night so
0: signing off